0: All right, thanks very much, and thank you for listening once again. uh, I have uh, another guest waiting today. He is a good friend of mine, Brad Leggett, um, and Brad uh, is the founder of Leggett Sales and builds leading high-performance sales teams. That's their focus. Uh, They help you determine your most pressing sales team development issues and then develop and implement solutions for them and get you the results that you need. Now, uh, what we're going to talk about today is Um, how sales and organizations are having to change to survive in a COVID-19 world. Brad, I'm working on bringing you on here. Let me push the right buttons. There we go. Brad, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you, Bill. I appreciate you having me on the show.
0: My pleasure. Uh, We've, It's been a few years since you've been on the show, so I'm really happy to have you back, Uh, and I I talk to you frequently, so I know that you've been very busy. Um, Tell our listeners who uh, don't remember those earlier interviews uh, about you and your background,
1: Brad. Bill, I'm I'm a Louisiana native, actually born in New Orleans, grew up there. I went to school at LSU, uh, very proud of our football team this last season. And my wife, Sherry, and I live in Laguna, Miguel. We've been down here since 2001, so really enjoy South Orange County as a place to live and be with friends. From a professional standpoint, I actually started selling when I was 16. I joined a junior achievement company and started selling a $1 refrigerator deodorizer door-to-door, so it got me started in sales. Fast forward 20 years later, I was working for a Fortune 250 company, and I was Boeing National Account Manager for them. And along the way, I've been in a number of sales positions, won several sales awards, was the sales leader for a district, took it from the bottom performing district, the number two district in my first year as team leader. Also worked international sales. My actual background in college is international trade and finance, so I got to use that for a couple of years covering the Pacific Rim. Also was both a sales trainer and manager of sales and technical training, as well as doing sales compensation. And uh, built sales comp plans, we had about a 250-person field sales force, around 16, 18 different comp plans in place. So developed those and then had to administer them once they were in place. I would say I pretty well covered most of the uh, landscape in the sales arena along the way. Also working in both direct sales where you're selling a product or service directly to your, your customer, as well as distributor and channel sales.
0: Now, Brad, you and I have known each other for a while, and uh, I've heard, and again, we're members of ProVisors as well. I just mentioned that on our past guest, but that's mm-hmm. a networked group of professionals that speak very highly of you and what their, what their clients are telling them, the people that, that they've referred you to that come back and say, Brad does a great job. Things have changed a little bit now. Uh, with COVID-19, I would say um, there's, there's probably a lot of listeners are wondering, um, what do salespeople need to do differently in today's COVID-19 environment?
1: Well, let's talk about a, a couple of things here. One is everything that's out there about COVID-19 and where businesses are, and, and we deal with a wide range of businesses. We have some that are really in a tough space. Say they're selling into commercial aerospace. We have others that are thriving because they're chemical blending companies and they make hand sanitizer. So their business is truly thriving these days. Most of our business owners have businesses that are doing like 70, 80% of their volume before COVID. So there's been a, a downturn in business. And that really impacts salespeople's perceptions and attitudes. We need to be good, strong coaches to them and share with them how to go after business, how to keep things going. And, and an example that I was at some coaching calls yesterday with my clients. And they sell into the food industry. About half their product its produced goes to retailers, and half of it traditionally, has gone to food service, meaning the restaurant trade. So you can imagine there have been some hits, particularly on the restaurant trade side. And one of the sales guys I was working with, uh, he's about 35% of quota over the past few weeks. And I asked him, you know, he's usually a very strong salesperson. And I said, what's going on? And he says, well, with all the things going on and restaurants shut down, no one's buying. Just no one will take our product. And I said, well, that's interesting because about half an hour ago, I was working with one of your other team members, and he's 113% of his plan over the same period of time. And the difference is one of them has his mind in the game and is still pursuing business like he'd done before COVID, still chasing deals, looking, I've actually landed two new customers in the past few weeks. So, so much of this is, yes, is reality in business, but it's also a matter of attitude and perceptions. So as coaches, we need to be sharing when other people had success as a sales team lead and bring that back to other sales team members so they have a sense of people can win. Where can business be won? And if I keep pushing ahead, it'll be much better. The second part of this is for folks that have been in field-to-field, face-to-face selling, field sales, which is my background. Right now, you're very limited, if not prohibited from making in-person calls. And so there's a lot of things going on there about how we need to shift. And I'll I'll say the following, whether you're in-person, face-to-face sales, or phone-based sales, with the advent of COVID and all the other things going on in the country, it's a time to really be human and be vulnerable with our customers and our, our potential customers. First of all, don't be concerned about reaching out. I encourage you to reach out to your customer, your customer base. But when you reach out, start with asking how they're doing as a person. And be sincere, and then share what's going on with you. Then I would say it's a good time to be asking how's their company doing so you get a sense of how can you serve them. And I just say I want to understand so we know how to serve you and be here for you. You know, are you seeing an increase in business, decrease in business, shift in products? What will you need from us over the coming weeks and months so we can be here to serve you? And that really goes back to a principle from Stephen Covey's book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And in it, one of his principles is seek to understand and then then seek to be understood. And I would say there's never been a time that that's been more true or more needed. And as part of that sales call, I'm saying reach out get to, you know, understand where they are, what's going on for them. Then I would say let's be a little gentle in our sales approach and actually ask permission if it's okay to go into, like, I sent you a proposal a couple of weeks ago. Would it be okay if we talked about it today? Or may we talk about a new product or service and how it might fit or serve your company? So, again, a more general approach than I would have advocated back prior to the middle of March.
0: Uh, Okay, so uh, the first part of what you said there was that uh, some of this is behavioral, and I've heard Mm -hmm. from other interviews with behavioral psychologists that um, a small percentage of people during a crisis – uh, lead and and charge forward a large percentage of people uh tend to uh tend to freeze not know what to do look for leadership mm-hmm. maybe um maybe uh not uh, and, and then a small a, a small percentage at the bottom you know kind of retreat and um uh, they they're they're not effective at all how does uh the coaching uh, do you start with understanding who you're dealing with and what their what their issues are and understanding uh, where they're coming from, and then try to lead them out of that. You mentioned the one salesperson versus the other before.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and Bill, you raised an excellent point. For coaching to be effective, we need to understand where the person is, what their challenges are, and how they're perceiving things because perception can be as or more powerful than reality. So if, if you've got someone that's frozen, understand what's freezing them. Let me say, well, no one's willing to talk to me. Well, let's let's go make some calls together. I'll get on the phone with you. I'll make calls and and listen to what's going on. And then have them, when you've got team members that are having success, have them share that success with other team members. And today's challenging sales environment, we all need to hear those success stories, even if they're small, so that we can see other people are making it, and if I'll do some of the same things, I can move ahead. And that's good coaching at any time. It's just more so now. And quite candidly, the focus, burden, whatever we call it, is on that team leader to help lead the team and work with them to understand what they can accomplish, even with the challenges out there today. When we talk about transitioning for... I'm sorry, you were going to ask something, Bill?
0: No, no, no. Please, go ahead. Didn't mean to interrupt. Okay.
1: I was referencing a moment ago about when people have been in a face-to-face, in-person sales environment and now they're moving to a phone-based or remote selling environment, we need to be thinking about a whole different cadence to our day and how things work. And if we're in either like a Zoom-type call, go to meeting, any of those tools, or phone-based, we need to think about people's attention spans in those are much shorter than they were when we were in front of them. For instance, if you had a 30-minute in-person sales call was sort of your norm before all this, if you're on the phone, be thinking of five to maybe 10 minutes maximum, Zoom 10 to Mm -hmm. 15. You want to keep it shorter, and you want to think about different, shall we say, breaks. It's more than one topic you're going to cover. Again, people's attention span is much shorter during this. We're also limited because 70% of communications is nonverbal. 20% 20% is tonal and 10% of what's set. So we've lost that, being able to see their face if it's over the phone, and we're limited even with, with a uh, you know, conferencing tool, a web conferencing tool, a video conferencing tool. So we need to be ready to have shorter segments, break them up, also be understanding that the person on the other end of the video call or the phone they're wanting to move ahead with things, so we need to be ready to to get ahead. Be very prepared. Have all your tools and things you need if you're gonna run a, a video conferencing session, a Zoom, or go to a meeting of those others. Have all your tools readily loaded so you can call them up quickly and there's no sort of pause or hesitation to get to them. And one of the things, one of the people on, on my team is Peter Bellinger. and Peter Bellinger is a phone based sales guy. One of the things he keeps reinforcing is in a phone-based sales environment, you want to go for small wins. Shorter periods of time, go out there, in a small win and just be getting a name, getting a phone number, getting permission to go to the very next step in the sales process, and think less about a long presentation and, and, and shall we say, a big win, a part of any one meeting.
0: Great point. You know, and one of the things that I was going to ask you was, in those types of Zoom calls, or when you're sending someone an email, should your presentation materials be more graphic as opposed to just like if you were giving a PowerPoint to a group of people, uh, Brad? You would you wouldn't put um, you know 15 lines of text on the PowerPoint slide. You'd have a graphic, and you're trying to make a point, right? So, uh, is that is I've seen some changes in that, but could you comment on that, the change of the type of um, materials you might use to communicate points to
1: people? Bill, I'd say you teed that one up pretty well for me. Uh, When we're dealing with anything via email, dealing with any type of web conferencing tool, we want to rely much more heavily on visual than we do on text. People will remember images much better than they'll remember detailed text. And that's even true before then. In a good presentation, let's say you're using PowerPoint as a tool, you should have minimal text on any slide and then talk to it, not read from the text. So we want to keep that graphic and easy to follow and an image up there that that captures people's imagination and sticks in their memory.
0: Excellent. Now, Brad, what hasn't changed since the COVID-19 hit?
1: What hasn't changed, Bill, is this is still things you need to focus on as a salesperson. First of all, and I look at sales as having three key components a successful salesperson. Number one is call volume. You need to be making enough calls to get to your goal. Nothing can make up for a lack of call volume. Secondly is we need to be engaged in a conversation with the right person. And third, the thing we've been talking about, be ready to have the right conversation. In other words, be well-skilled and be able to represent your product or service well. Be ready with good questions to ask because good sales is 70 to 80% listening and 20 to 30% talking, and a good bit of that talking should really be about asking questions of the person you, you're selling to because we want to understand what their needs are, and if there's a need we can fill, we have a great basis to continue. If there isn't, then it's time to move on. But again, it, it's you, know, making enough calls, talking to the right folks, the ones that can move our, our decision along or make it, and then be ready for that call in good both basic sales skills and then knowing our product and service and how to represent it well. The other thing that hasn't changed it hasn't, it hasn't. Has has uh, I say this. What hasn't is you always need a good what I would call sales cadence or rhythm and that is you have a goal for how many calls you're going to make, other things happening during a day, and how you plan out your day. What has changed if you move from an in-person direct selling environment to a remote selling environment, what's changed is the pace and structure of your day. It's very different. If a person is doing in-person sales, face-to-face sales, they're probably making anywhere from, depending on the job, maybe as low as three calls a day to upwards around 10 or 12 in some jobs. And that's probably all you can get to depending on length of call, drive time, et cetera, even a well-planned out day. With a phone, you can make 20 dials an hour and on average connect with about two people you're looking to have a conversation with. So you want to be thinking about how many connects you make during a day and it's going to be more than you are able to make when you were out in the field. Again, shorter calls. But it's also a pacing in that do something like I'm going to make calls from 8 to 9, and then I'm going to give myself a break from 9 to 9.30. And most outside salespeople, we're pretty uh, extroverted and, and take energy from others. And it's really good to maybe pick up the phone and call, you know, set up a deal with one of your, the other people on your team and call them and say, hey, how would you do for the last hour? What would you get going? Let me share with you. What would you run into? And, and just have a little chit-chat time, maybe what's going on in the world and going on with family. So there's a break to this because it's such a different pace. But, again, it's setting up your call goals for the day and your objectives. We actually have a a, a tick sheet, what we call a tick sheet, where you can just score off what you're doing during the day. It takes almost no time. If somebody would like that, we'd be glad to provide it to them. But it's where you just check off the number of dials made, number of connections made, and then when Mm -hmm. there was a meaningful conversation, move the sale along, you code it differently. At the end of the day, you can score your day in about three minutes. And so it really gives you some self-feedback how you're doing. I'd also encourage folks who've not been on the phone or in web meetings before to record yourself and see how you come back. If you've been in the speaking circuit, you've probably been recorded before and heard it. For all of us, our voice sounds different than we think it does. So you want to have a sense of how you're coming across, particularly on the phone. A couple of small phone techniques. One is sit up, and the second is smile. You say, well, no one can see me, but posture and a smile will come through in your conversations with folks.
0: Good points, good points. Uh, last question for you, uh, Brad, is what about if for the, the client out there, the business, where they're considering layoffs of the sales team? Should they, should they go there before they try some of these things, or what, what, would, what uh, advice would you give them?
1: Well, first of all, i definitely suggest and encourage, you know, the coaching, the working with the team, helping to make the transition to a different sales environment. If you need to head towards layoffs, that should really be a cash flow-driven decision. And I'll share with you a couple of things because I've, had, I've worked with several different companies so far about different layoff scenarios or potential pay reduction scenarios. And, and I'll sort of quasi-quote one of the CEOs with, which I, with whom I work. And his statement was, it took me years to build this team. The last thing I want to do is dismantle it. I would encourage business owners to be thinking in the longer term, how will the actions I take now influence my business 12 months from now? And I know none of us have a crystal ball what 12 months from now will look like. But let's say 12 months from now, business is back to 90% or 85% of where it was before all this. that so we've got a pretty good base of business going. Will we have the sales team in place, and I'm talking about sales teams, and I know it's broader than that. Will we have the sales team in place to execute and bring in the revenue I need? I truly encourage business owners to build a good cash forecasting and cash-on-hand model. I'm on the board of advisors for one company, and that's one of the tools. We meet weekly now to do weekly cash flow. What do we project? What actually came in? What was our projected cash on hand? What was it? And then do that on a forward based on recent billings so we always have a eight-week rolling forecast about cash flow cash on hand to make sure we're in good shape as a business it's helped us avert thoughts about laying people off we said we can see a way through this to keep the team together and keep moving if and you sometimes comes to it where cash says and cash flow says I'm gonna have to make some cuts somewhere I'll share with you the worst idea I've heard so far, and that was one client that wanted to cut commission rates. I I really say that's a non-starter because if you want to emotionally hit a salesperson really hard, cut their commission rates. And this is saying in a time of extremely difficult sales, I'm going to pay you less than I used to pay you for every dollar you bring in. If you need to reduce costs and retain the team, I would advocate some pay reduction for a period of time. And if it goes broader in the sales organization, you may want to do it on a tiered basis where your highest paid people take the biggest percentage cut. And then you get down to the lower paid folks whose paychecks are probably in a way most dear to them for day to day and getting by week by week take the smallest percentage cut. But I do advocate some shared uh, contribution in this. And also, Share with them about here's here's the things that will need to be in place to restore the pay so they've got a sense of what's going on there. If you do have to get to layoffs, and this is from experience, if you have to do a layoff, strive to do it once. The worst thing I've seen in layoffs is having multiple rounds of them because it destroys trust and confidence in the team. And then you'll say, well, that was our third round of layoffs and we're done. We won't have any more. And by the third time, they're going, yeah, right, let's see what happens. If you've had to do layoffs, also be appreciative of you're going to have a shock factor for about two weeks before people sort of settle back into where it is. And also be very mindful not to promise something you can't be absolutely sure delivering on. I've seen companies go out and say, we won't do any layoffs, and eight weeks later walk that statement back. It's much better to say, We don't plan to do any layoffs. It's not a desire, and we won't unless business conditions dictate we will. Will that make people comfortable? No. Candidly, it won't. However, if it comes to it, they won't have been promised something, and you're taking it back.
0: Brad, always great to talk with you. I know that uh, I wanted to cover um, and ask you about a couple new things you've put together for our Mm -hmm. new sales environment uh, could you uh, tell our listeners uh, what these new offerings are and uh, how they can take advantage of those?
1: Thank you very much, Bill. As I talked about, we're moving into a remote selling world where people are not being able to face-to-face, and we recognize that you really need to combine social media and sales offering. And to do that, we've teamed with KWSM Digital. That's Katie Wagner's social media is actually what it stands for. Her agency and my firm have put together a combined offering that offers social media package, including LinkedIn presence, uh, email package, uh, landing page, professional brochures with good graphics in them, as well as the sales skills training and transition from remote, I'm sorry, from direct to remote selling. So that, that package is called Marketing for Sales Professionals. And you can reach out to me at Brad at Brad at or reach out to Katie, and that's K-A-T-I-E at K-W-S-M-Digital. Excellent. And,
0: uh, again, uh, Brad's uh, website is LeggettSales.com,
1: L-E-G-G-E-T-T-Sales.com.
0: Uh, Brad, you hit it out of the park once again. I appreciate you sharing a great uh, deal of information with our listeners, and I look forward to the next time uh, we speak. I know we'll, we'll talk again uh, offline very soon, but I really appreciate you coming on, and I hope you'll uh, keep our listeners posted on as the environment uh, uh, changes on, on new ideas that they can implement to increase their sales.
1: Bill, thank you very much for having me on. I'll be delighted to come back. Thanks so much.
0: Well, it's been a pleasure having you all with us today. really appreciate you joining me. Uh, That's going to do it for our show today, and we'll see you next week here on Exit Coach Radio. Hey, everybody. It's Bill Black, the Exit Coach, from the Exit Coach Radio Show. One of the questions I get asked the most is, how do I grow the value of my business? I'm so busy working in it, I need to work on it. So we've created a special report for you on 10 tips to grow the value of your business. Just text the word DRIVERS to 44222 to get a special free report right to your inbox that's drivers to 44222 text drivers to
1: 44222 thank you for listening to exit coach radio
0: Hi, everyone.